And everyone that agrees with that prayer said amen. If you're watching online, type in amen. We're so excited to have you all uh, join us again on today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining our virtual service today. It's roll call time. Just type in. We read every single week, whether you all believe it or not. We go back. We look at all of the comments. And so type in. Let us know that you're doing well. It's okay. Yes. Okay. Type it in and say where you're watching from. And just let us know that you're doing well. It blesses our heart to read those things. We have content for you today uh, that can be found in our Linked Up Church app as well as the Uversion Bible app. We also have content for your nursery age kids, yes, for, for children, babies. yep, yes. and for youth, the plug. All of that can be found in the Linked Up Church yes. app on today. And if you have youth, don't forget they could tune in onto Instagram to view and have our own youth, uh, the plug uh, youth services airing at 11 o'clock. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to conclude today part four of Covenant Rights. And so again, all of the notes, the outline, not all of them, but the outline is there uh, right in your Version Bible app or the Linked Up Church app. Now remember, we're going to give you more than what's actually in that app. So I would encourage you to take your own notes, add your notes to this today, because this is the how-to portion of everything that you've heard the last three weeks. This is how you apply it. So now, part four of covenant rights. The provisions of this covenant are all ours. They all belong to us. But for you or for them to have an effect on your life, you must consent. There must be a consent by both parties in order for this to work in our lives. Remember, God has done his part. He is not a man that he should lie. That's right. Now we have to do our part and respond by faith in order to activate these rights into our lives. Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, became our mediator. A mediator is a middleman. He really represents both sides of the covenant. That's He's right. not partial to one side or the other. He represents both sides, and he is the perfect mediator because he lived a sinless life. Now, I want you to go with me to Galatians chapter 3, verse 20, and let's look at this as a foundation text. It's not in your outline, so I want you to look at it. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. It reads this, now a mediator does not mediate for one only. So notice, he can't just mediate for God. And Jesus can't just mediate for us. He has to mediate on both sides. But God is one. Yes. I mean, oh, God doesn't need us and he doesn't need Jesus. That's what makes him God. But he's going to cooperate with this. And Jesus is always at the right hand of the Father. He's seated there looking at that blood. And he ever lives to make intercessions for us. And he's constantly pleading with the Father that, Father, through my death, burial, and resurrection, and my shed blood, all of these rights belong to them. Now, we have to do our part to activate it. We've got to respond by faith to what grace has already provided. So, there must be an act on your part. You can't just sit there and wait on God to do something for you. You must be an active participant. He's already done his part. Now, you have to do your part. You are the second part of this covenant right, that puts it into effect. You must believe and you must enter into this blood covenant by faith. 
There's no other way to appropriate this than by faith. And remember, the just live by faith, and the only way to please God is to live by faith. That's right. So then that goes back to when we first started this series that every covenant comes with benefits rights and responsibilities and that's part of our responsibility right yes, to respond to this so then how do i activate my covenant rights how can i tap into what god has already provided for me that's, that's what we're about to talk about right now i know you wanted to hear that god my rights are that i can be rich my rights are that i'll be in divine health and my rights are that i have peace and all those things are in the package but it does not come without a relationship and you obtain that relationship by number one and how do i activate my covenant rights is to give god's word priority Give God's word priority in your life. Turn with me to John chapter 6, verse 63, and I'll be reading from the Passion Translation. We have what we make first in our life will come first, right? What we make first will come first. So if we make God's word first, that means everything that's contained in his word will be first. And it's kind of expected, isn't it? It is. If I, I mean, like for real, if I don't eat but lettuce and protein all day long and I work out, I'm expecting to lose weight, right? Yeah, man. You should. You should, right. right? If I'm eating right and I'm doing my exercise, I should lose weight or I should be healthy. Yeah. Because it was a priority. Yeah. Just like if I put you first in this marriage, I should get all the benefits and I should be first yeah, in return. Yeah, yeah, you should. That and means yes, that means when I want to eat. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, so giving God's word first. Stay in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. All right, giving God's word I, priority in the spirit. In Your the mind spirit. went somewhere uh, uh, else. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> John chapter 6, verse 63 in the Passion. It says, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. Mm -hmm. That which is of the natural realm is of no help. In other words, Holy Spirit gives life. There's nothing in this earth that can give life. Nothing. I don't care what you eat. I don't care how you breathe. I don't care what oxygen tank you connect yourself to. I don't care what bubble you put yourself in. There's nothing in this earth that can give life. It's the Holy Spirit that gives life. And he goes on to say, and the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. So the words that Jesus gives us is spirit and life. Our, his words were containers, and those containers contained life. But there are still some of you who don't believe or who won't believe. Mind you, he's talking to his people. He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to the disciples, the people that were there following him, the people that were there to witness the signs, wonders, and miracles we just got through singing about. And he says to them, listen, the words that I give to you are spirit and life, but yet there are still some who don't believe because it's easy to get caught up in what we see. The natural realm. It's easy to be caught up into what we've experienced. We can be a slave to our history. And unless you renew the spirit that is within you and allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does, permeate your very existence. And you can't do that just by osmosis. You have to do that intentionally. You have to give it priority, which means you have to work towards it. Mm -hmm. Nothing great comes without sacrifice. That's right. And the only sacrifices he's saying to give is your time and your attention. Psalms 119, verses 9 through 11, I love the way the Passion says it. He says, how can a young man or a young woman stay pure, that is, stay holy, stay within his presence? Only by living in the word of God and walking in its truth. 
I have longed for you with the passion of my heart. Don't let me stray from your directions. I consider your prophecies to be my greatest treasure, and I memorize them and write them on my heart to keep me from committing sin's treason against you. He says, let this be the meditation of my heart. This is my main content. This is my one desire is that I might hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We know Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added in you. My responsibility, seek the kingdom of God. That God's word and his way of doing things. And I cannot seek God's word and his way of doing things without actually doing them. That's right. And then when I do that, he says, and all these things will be added to you. So that means his divine protection is added to you. His provision is added to you. His peace is added to you. His joy is added to you. His protection is added to you. You don't have to work for all that. That's good. Your work should be in prioritizing his word and his word. I mean, there's times when I'm asked to speak in a secular setting. And, you know, when you're in a secular setting, it's, it's, if you're so filled with his word, it's hard not to quote scripture. That's right. It's, not hard, it's hard, excuse me, to not come in thumping the Bible. And so I have to work intentionally to frame my words that it's not sounding like I'm preaching to a secular crowd. And maybe you're a person that doesn't know Jesus. Listen, it's all right because he loves you and he knows you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And you can still get all, you don't have to work towards this. Yeah. This is something that you can have today. That's good. So if you put the word of God first in your life, you'll never come in last. That's right. A lot of times we're out seeking the things and God says, just prioritize, prioritize my word and, and I'll cause the things to follow you. Yes. That John 6, 63, he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. If you look that word life up in the Greek, it's zoe. So think about it. The more, more I prioritize the word of God, God's kind of the life. more the God kind of life I get to live. That's right. All right. And it makes no sense to prioritize the word and then not believe it. So if you're going to activate your rights, point number two, then you must believe the Word of God. Go with me to Romans chapter 10. We all got saved this way. No one came to God through Jesus Christ without going through what we're getting ready to read. Right. In Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it says, New King James Version, but what does it say? The Word is near you. Yes. Now, there are two Greek uh, words for the word Word in the New Testament. It's logos, which is the written word, and then it's rhema, which is the spoken word. And it's important that we understand which one is talking about when we're reading the text. So he says, but what does it say? The word rhema is near you. So the word spoken is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. So notice it's the word that's in my heart that I'm able to speak out of my mouth. If I don't have the word in my heart, then I can't speak it out of my mouth, right? So what does it say? The word rhema, the spoken word, is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word there is rhema also, the spoken word. Now, I want to encourage someone today. You're listening to us speak the word. Yes. But we're actually not the best person in your life to speak the word. You are the best person right. in your life right. to speak the word. That's right. And it's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the more I put in my heart, 
the more I believe the word that's put into my heart, the more that activates faith because I'm now able to speak it out of my mouth. Then it goes on to say here that if you confess with your mouth the Lord, notice how much your mouth is involved in this process. If you believe it, you're going to talk about it. You're going to have something to say about it. It says, and if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, if you're not saved and you're watching this today or you are saved, but you've gotten away from God and you need to come back, that word saved there is packed with so many rights and so many benefits for your life. That word saved there is a Greek word sozo, and it means you will be protected. Folks, I still believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. That's right. I believe that that virus cannot come near me. If it touches my body, it must die instantly in the name of Jesus. There is divine protection that comes with salvation. There's healing. There's deliverance. There's prosperity. You can be made whole when you give your life to Christ or you come back to Christ. Verse 10 says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto deliverance. Notice we can't be delivered if we don't open up our mouths. That's right. That's right. It's such a big part. What's a strong indication of whether or not I believe something? I talk about it. That's right. I tell others about it. Verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing. If you look both of those words up in the Greek, it's really talking about the process of hearing, not having heard. You don't get credit for that great message you heard 10 years ago today. You've got to keep hearing the word every single day of your life. And the best person that you need to hear it from is not Joel and Patricia Gregory. The best person you need to hear say this word is yourself. So the more of the word that I hear, the more faith gets into my heart. How do I know more faith gets in my heart? Because I release it out of my mouth. So it says here, so then faith comes by hearing and then hearing by the word of God. That's right. Life will always give you what you work for, Mm -hmm. period. If you work for nothing, God will give you, life will give you nothing. That's not just a Christian principle. That's a life principle. So, so think about it. So then faith comes by hearing. Right. So if all I listen to is gloom and doom, that's what I end up having faith for. Yep. That's if I sit you... there in front of a screen all day long and listen to how many new cases, how much death, how many people die, then I'll end up putting my faith in that. Exactly. You'll end up believing the hearing that you've received. Because it's, uh, if it's constant, it's renewed in you every day. Well, but if, you, if it's constant and renewed every day and it's life, well, guess what? You'll give that priority it'll and life. it'll produce more life in you. That brings us to point number three. So point good. number three is meditate on the Word. Mm. Meditate on the Word of God. Mm. We talked about giving God's Word priority. We talked about what you believe, believing God's Word. And so when you've given it priority... You sought it out and you heard it. Maybe a good message. Maybe you happened upon this YouTube channel. I don't know. And then you decided that in that moment that resonates with me. And I believe that word. Mm -hmm. 
Now, mind you, there's an enemy that comes to try and swipe it and nullify that word. But when, you do, when you're convicted and you believe that word, what you want to do next is meditate on it. Yeah. It's one thing to have heard it, but that's what Pastor Greg was just talking about, meditating on it, reviewing it. That word meditate means literally... Uh, in the Hebrew, it means to chew like a cud. You know, you've heard, seen a cow just, meow, meow, meow. I mean, just, I mean, jaw just like, <laughs> dog, that just made my jaw tingle just trying to do that. And because he's constantly in, in, in a cow, that he has, I don't know how many stomachs, seven stomachs or something, five stomachs, some crazy number of, of digestive processes that he has to go to. So that means he, he, he chews on it, swallows it, comes back up, chews on it, swallows it, comes back up, chews on it, swallows it. That's what God says to do with his word. Psalms chapter 1, stanzas 2 and 3. Psalms chapter 1, stanzas 2 and 3 in the New King James, it says, but his delight is in the law of the word, uh, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. It's great if you have a morning time 5 a.m. hour of power prayer time. It's great that you tap into that prayer line from 7 to 8 at night. That's cool that you have your hour of prayer. But I, I, I tend to lean more on the side of, but I'd rather let not an hour go by without prayer. So in other words, to live in a state of prayer, to live in a state of meditation where I'm thinking about him all day. I'm ever conscious that he's never leaving me nor forsaking me, that he's with me when I go to the grocery store. He's with me when I was on that plane. He's with me when I'm in the city. He's with me when I'm in the field. He's with me at the bank. He's with me when we're dealing with other, other situations. Mm -hmm. Meditating on his word day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And you know rivers provide life. Yeah. Rivers provide sustenance. Yeah. Rivers provide access. Yes. That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does, check this out, shall prosper. When the word is priority... When you believe in it and then you meditate it, it becomes a reality. That's and right. what becomes a reality manifests in his life. And he promises that in his word. One of my foundational scriptures that, that has always kept me, that gave me some, some, some practical wisdom and understanding about God, his power, and his word was Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. You know I couldn't help but to go I there, know, right? I, know, I, know. I couldn't help but to go there. You gave me access. The King James Version, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not but depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that's according to what's written therein. Thou, who's responsible for doing God's word? I am. You are. I am, when we meditate on it, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Who shall make thy way prosperous? We will. Because God says, just do me and everything else will come. Yeah. And thou shalt have good success. That word success is the word sakal. And that word sakal encompasses wisdom. It encompasses prosperity. It encompasses direction and instruction. It encompasses healing and divine health. It encompasses peace. Nothing missing and nothing broken. That I, I, I wrote this quote down. I've heard it, and this is a, par a paraphrase or a variation of what's been said before. I wrote down here that meditation brings forth change of thought. 
Change of thought brings forth change of character. Change of character brings forth change of habit. Change of habit brings forth change of behavior. And change of behavior brings forth change of environment, culture, and life. That's so good. When you meditate on the Word of God, it will change you not by this metamorphosis of just something that springs up today. Yeah. Because you are, have been who you were for the past 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. But when you meditate on his word, it accelerates new life. Yeah. It accelerates new beginnings. It accelerates his spirit. It accelerates his kind of Zoe life. The God kind of life. So that's good. So if we're going to activate these rights in our lives, we've got to make the word of God a priority. Mm -hmm. After we make it a priority, then we've got to believe it. Got to believe it. After we believe it, then we need to meditate on meditate it. Meditate on it. Right? Just keep chewing the cud, right? Right. Chew a little bit, digest that, go back, chew Good. a little bit more, digest that. I like what I had this vision of a pencil. Okay. A pencil. Because on the top of a pencil is an eraser, and on the bottom of the pencil is the lead that makes the mark, right? When you're chewing on the Word of God, it simultaneously erases bad stuff. And writes down good stuff. That's so good. It erases bad stuff from your previous life, from your previous thoughts, from your previous behavior, what mom and daddy did or didn't do, whatever happened. It erases that. So it's like a two-edged sword. It's a two-edged sword that tears asunder the That's very mirror. That's going in and coming That's out. That's going out. So it erases and, and it renews. That's right. That's good. What's number four? Number four, you must speak the word out of your mouth. Yes. I cannot emphasize this enough. Thank God that you're hearing the word out of our mouths today, but it's doing us more good than it's doing you. It's doing me real good. It'll only do you good when you speak it out of your mouth. Go with me to Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. And, of course, we're going to practice a little bit, so get ready. Speak the word out of your mouth. Mark 11, 22 through 24 says, but Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in Joel and Patricia. See, too many people are following pastors and people today. And they're putting pastors and all of these ministry gifts on pedestals that they don't belong on. That's right. Jesus didn't say have faith in your pastor. That's right. He didn't say have faith in the apostle. He didn't say have faith in the bishop. He said have faith in God. That's right. Put all your trust and reliance upon God, not man. Then he said here, for surely I say to you that whosoever or whoever says to this mountain, now he's literally looking at a mountain, but he's also uh, talking about the mountains that we face in life. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt. That is a key part here, does not doubt. That word doubt means to withdraw from, it means to hesitate, or it means to oppose. So as long as what I'm saying, I don't withdraw from it, and I never oppose it, then it is going to be a reality in my life. So whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, and does not doubt in his heart, watch this, but believes those things he says will be done, he or she will have whatever they are saying if they believe it in their heart and they don't allow doubt to creep in. That's right. Doubt can get in your head 
Just don't ever let it drop down into your heart. That's right. I mean, no, Satan is always going to challenge everything that you believe and tell you.